Welcome back to Stars Hollow. That's right, folks. We're finally doing it. We are finally talking about the pilot of our beloved Gilmore Girls. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is typically your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast where we break down every episode of the 10 season show. But like I said, today we're talking the pilot of Gilmore Girls. Mary, what happened? Between raising her teenage daughter, Rory, and managing the Independence Inn's cantankerous receptionist, Michelle, and injury-prone cook, Suki, Lorelai Gilmore can do basically anything, except afford to send Rory to Chilton, the private school she worked so hard to get into. Luckily, Lorelai has very wealthy parents, very willing to write a very big tuition check, and all they want in return is to be a part of the younger two Gilmore girls' lives. Every Friday night at 7. Unfortunately, that's a lot to ask. Putting an end to a 16-year strain on a parent's and daughter's relationship doesn't happen overnight, but Lorelai will do what it takes to secure a great future for Rory. Also, unfortunately, Rory meets a boy at her old school and contemplates throwing the whole opportunity away. Classic. (laughs) That was probably my favorite part when Lorelai was like, I don't know, this seems pretty much me. Yeah, it sounds like me to me. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And then, yeah, watching it this time around, I was like, he's definitely, he's just Riley. Oh my God. Yeah. He totally, he's just a corn boy from Iowa, except a motorcycle leather jacket wearing boy from Chicago. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, same. They're both from the Midwest. Mm -hmm. Instead Mm -hmm. of being in the military and being a super cool commando, he has a motorcycle. And that's about it. And that's about (laughs) it. You want a personality? No. No. I will say, though, he's, like, pretty cool in this first episode, like, getting to see him, just because I obviously know everything that happens with Dean thus far moving forward, but seeing him kind of confident and Rory's so shy, I'm like, I like Dean. I see the allure. And then, you know, that's about as good as it gets. Mm. (laughs) Well, you know, on his first day of school in this new place, he like laid his outfit out. It was very specific. He like chose that leather jacket. He chose to stand at that place right outside the door. And then she walks right past him. Yep. I mean, you can even see down to the cargo pants he chose. Like homeboy loves a good first day of school. (laughs) Yeah. No, this was all very purposeful. Yep. But this is not the Dean podcast. No, 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 no. This that is- would be a very short podcast. <laughs> How do you feel about Dean? Meh. Not great. <laughs> Next week, yeah. we talk about Jess <laughs> for a five-hour special. <laughs> but no, this is the Gilmore Girls. Mm-hmm. And like we start off so Gilmore in watching Lorelai just like walk into Luke's, pick up an empty coffee mug. And just, please, sir. Please, 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 please. How many have you had? None plus six. Ugh. It's just, it's perfect. It starts everything of their, like, back and forth of the coffee thing, of the food thing, of Luke hating her diet. Like, it's just wonderful. And I love everything about Luke Danes. And no one can ever prove me wrong. <laughs> I mean, he really just, like, sets a mood mm-hmm. at this first moment where, like, they clearly know each other so well. Yeah. They have this banter going back and forth, and he's going to give her grief about the chili fries and the coffee and yes. everything, but, like, he's going to pour the cup. Exactly. Because she's Lorelai. And he loves her. And the 
chemistry between them, like, you're totally right. It's like, they clearly have a history and it's something that we didn't necessarily need to know. Like, we didn't need to be introduced. Like, this is Luke Danes. He owns a diner. It's his father's store. It used to be a hardware store. Like, we didn't need to know all that background. But immediately we, like, already feel like, okay, I knew this guy. I didn't even need to know his backstory and I know him. And I just, every quote in this, like, there's, okay, so we know this is a fast-moving show. We know the script's were you know one and a half times the length of any normal show but there's just so many good lines that I think about all the time and I forget how many good ones there are in the pilot starting with the back and forth about the coffee but then when he finally pours the coffee she says angel you've got wings baby and my mom says that to me all the time you've got wings and sometimes I forget where that comes from and then of course now I'm instantly reminded (laughs) I mean this show just like has a vibe to mm-hmm. it, right? Like, you see the, like, New England of it mm-hmm. and, like, his hardware store turned cafe and just the way that they dress and, like, the oh, way yeah. that they talk. Like, it just gets you. And it makes so much sense that those quotes can become part of your real life. Oh, for sure. And even though there is a, shall I say, Dawson's Creek-esque way that they talk at times, you know, bringing in a million pop culture references at the drop of a hat at the speed of somebody whose brain just processes faster than anybody else's. There's still like so many relatable lines and relatable pieces of writing that you forget like these are manufactured lines, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I love it. And I don't think anybody could have played Lorelai except Lauren Graham. Absolutely not. Yeah. Like, I refuse to even entertain the idea of anybody else. I know. Which I do have a fun fact later on about somebody who almost played somebody else. And that would have been interesting. But we'll get there. Well, yeah, because there, there's like a weird thing. I haven't seen this pilot in years, mm-hmm. right? So... I forgot that the way that they introduce Rory is this like weird man who is just passing through stars hollow (laughs) feels like it feels like a place that a lot of people would stop in because they'd be like oh my god stars hollow we should totally go there but like not to stop in and then immediately hit on a woman over her cup of coffee in the morning yeah who's like this is late night bar behavior sir yes this is a very bold move by this guy and clearly only a device to show, okay, he's hitting on Lorelai, and then when Rory comes in, he hits on her. Oh, this is where you find out Lorelai's the mom, Rory's the daughter, and they're only 16 years apart. <laughs> yeah. I can't get over him being like, you look too young to have a daughter, and then to still hit on her. Mm-hmm. Like, not, this man does not do math in his head to be no. like, if she looks too young to have a daughter, that daughter is too young for me. Right. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's like, I'm traveling with a friend. And <laughs> she's 16. Bye. <laughs> and like when he's talking to Rory and Lorelai comes over and Rory goes, are you my new daddy? Oh my God. Yes. I love it. Cause she's like, even at a 16, like eight, 16 year old age, she's like, no, this is not okay. Like, cause she clearly she's intelligent enough to understand the fact that like this person is a skeevy guy, but oh, I love it. I just like the man did not pick up no. any of what they were putting down. No, absolutely not. Oh, and then they had the theme, and I did sing it in my apartment by myself. (laughs) I appreciate that. It was so good. And it just, like, yeah, it's nostalgia. It Mm -hmm. just brought me back to, like, these comfort levels that I've had. No, 100%. I mean, that's why, like, upon the first viewing of the reboot, or I guess I should say the revival, I mean, I felt all sorts of things. Because they don't start with the theme song. They start with just lines and moments and thoughts of 
everything that happened. And it just, it really is like a feel good comfort show. Not just for me, I feel like for so many people, but mm. it's because there's really nothing else like it. And I don't think there would be anymore like this show was. Like there's just so, there's like an innocence about it and it's wholesome, but it's like, it still grabs you and it still talks about like interesting things throughout the entire series that I just don't, I don't think there could be anything else like it on TV anymore. No, I do think it's really interesting how, like, there was a time where you had Dawson's Creek and you had Gilmore mm-hmm. Girls and it was this very, like, you know, welcome thing where, like, we don't talk about drugs, we don't talk about sex, mm-hmm. like, it's just people existing and, like, having struggles at school and, yeah, now we have things like Euphoria and sex education and, like, all of these shows that, like, school is just the side thing. Yeah. It's like we've gotten back in a circle where, like, we're back to 90210 drama. Yes. Very much so. That's so interesting. And to think, like, even so, this is, like, considered probably a teen drama in a way because it, yes, it focuses on Lorelai, but it also focuses on Rory's escalation from high school all the way through college. Mm -hmm. So, like, there's still that focal point, like you said, of school. And, yeah, that's interesting. Because the whole point, I mean, we get to it later in the episode of Lorelai saying, what about school? What about Harvard? And the whole point is Rory getting to Harvard. That is the point of the show. <laughs> I just love that the whole point is Harvard. She just go to Harvard. She goes to Yale, baby. And then she drops out of Yale. Can't believe she dropped out of Yale. Why would you I'll drop out of Yale? <laughs> I'll never forgive her. Okay, so after the theme, we get a nice little B-roll shot outside the Independence Inn. And we are met wonderfully with Michelle. Oh, God, I love him. No, I'm sorry. We're completely booked. Like, that is something that has stuck with me forever. Like, he says it over and over. And then eventually tries to, like, tell this woman that he's talking to to find another date. Any date. Just not this one. So she does. And he's like, okay. No, I'm sorry. We're completely booked. Like, it's just so good. I just, I love the way he talks. Yes. Same. When he's like, I'd have to build a room for you myself, and I'm not a man that works with his hands. <laughs> and so what's so interesting is in the revival, they finally allow Michelle to be openly gay. And I'm like, I get it was 2000 when this pilot aired, but I'm like, why did you even like put in lines about like being a ladies' man and like all this stuff? I'm like, he is not. Like, he's a ladies' man for beard. <laughs> like, not for actual romantic partners. Right, yeah. When that came up, because it's been so long since I watched the show, it's like, I thought we all just knew. Yeah. We acknowledged. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not a thing. Exactly. But I guess, yeah, in, in this small Stars Hollow place in 2000, mm-hmm. Michelle is not openly gay. Yeah. Uh, and then we see Drella walking in with the harp and just, like, talking shit the whole time. The entire like, time. Oh, I really like this table. It's great that it's right here. <laughs> oh, perfect place to tie your shoe. <laughs> So here's where our first fun fact comes in. So Drella is played by Alex Borstein, who is famously known as Miss Ungermeyer in the Lizzie McGuire movie, but also goes on to be um, Susie in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and she's wonderful. But fun fact about her is that not only does she play Miss Celine later on in this show, um, which is hilarious if you actually think about it, but she was originally supposed to play a woman named Daisy, who was supposed to be Luke. Like, she was going to be Luke and run Luke's diner, but it would be Daisy and Daisy's diner. And so at the last minute, 
Amy Sherman Palladino was like, no, I think I want this to be a guy. And so she decided to just like literally flip it to a man and make it Luke and Luke Steiner didn't change a thing about the character. I could see Alex Borstein playing a cantankerous, to use Mary's word, diner owner. Mm-hmm. But think about the dynamic. Like, how, like so many things about this show would change if Alex Borstein ended up being Daisy, who had Daisy's diner. Right? Because, yeah, I mean, part of what works so much about Luke being so cantankerous is that, like, he also has so much love in his heart exactly. for all of these people. And I think, like, because he would be him... And then Lorelai would be her, and mm-hmm. there is, like, a romantic love between them, as mm-hmm. well as the familial love that he will later have for, you know, his family. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I can I can see Lorelai having multiple friends just around yeah. the town, mm-hmm. but I like that it's Luke. Me too. Yeah. It's so interesting. It was, I think, yeah, it was a good choice to, <laughs> to switch that up. And, you know, they're just, like... Little, like, homey stuff. Like, yeah. Rory comes in after school and is like, I need stamps. And Michelle says no. Lorelai's <laughs> like, take them. <laughs> and also leave your paper so Michelle can grade it. Yeah. Like, I think one of my favorite relationships is the Lorelai-Michelle relationship because he just says no. She says yes. And it's fine. Like, they're never actually mad about anything. I mean, they have one fight later on, I think season three or four, and it's justified. But, like, outside of that, this is just their relationship, and it's adorable. I mean, you gotta have a good working relationship with your other person. Exactly. Yeah. And speaking of relationships, the next scene we get is Lane. So we're meeting characters, like, right out of the gate. Like, just character after character. She's immediately switching into a rock band (laughs) t-shirt. So the... Whole gist with Lane is she is of Korean descent. Her mom is very strict and very, like, very religious to the point where anything secular is just completely out of bounds. And Lane, being the wonderful person that she is, is just highly invested in rock music and music in general and anything non, um, non-religious but more secular. So she's already doing the switcheroo, and I just, I love it. I love it. I definitely had a moment watching this pilot of seeing Lane and just being like, oh, this is before they ruined her life. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Lane gets the short end of the stick. For sure. Like, seriously. But she's so cute. She's putting on her little thing. And she's like, my mom would never approve of Eminem. And I'm like, that is very true. <laughs> Most moms wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, Ms. Kim's not alone in that. Yeah. <laughs> I think even Lorelai would just be like, I mean, it's really cool. But like, is this you? Yeah. I don't think you should be listening to this necessarily. I mean, tell me if you do, but don't. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm pretty sure the Gilmores have two Macy Gray CDs. Yes. Amongst probably like stuff before. Like they are not the type to be into like Ariana Grande today or like things like that. They would be into all of the pop stars, but from you know, earlier in time, like the oldies, I guess you could say. I mean, and not that she's an oldie, but like, and I know she does the theme song, but they would absolutely be into Carol King. Oh, like absolutely. 100%. Yeah. When the Carol King musical came out, they went and saw it. Yeah. 100%. They snuck in 45 hamburgers in their bag <laughs> and they saw it. <laughs> oh my God. There's a part in the revival where it's like they're in the black, white, and red movie theater and everybody has brought stuff like Babette and Maury brought like a little like slow cooker for meatballs. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. The best thing I've ever snuck into a movie theater was a burrito bowl from Chipotle. Yep. Yeah. I think mine's been an entire pub sub and a like legitimate size bag of Doritos or something. (laughs) 
So we go inside the school because we just go right past Dean. Like we've yeah. already talked about him. He's doing his I need to look cool and stand here. And then nobody acknowledges him. Like he's just standing there by himself. He's pony boy. He's an outsider. He's just hanging out. But we go inside and get like five minutes of Rory in class. And it's yep. just to point out that Rory does the homework while nobody else does. Mm-hmm. And to like establish that she shouldn't be at this school. She should be at Chilton. Yes. But I love that these girls are passing the nail polish. They're doing one stroke on their thumb and passing it back. And then one stroke on their pinky and then passing it back. I was like, you're going to have streaky nails. Yeah. Like, at least do the entire nail, then pass. Yeah. <laughs> I d- it was the stupidest thing. I have two more fun facts about this scene. So the teacher, um, she appears later in, in the series as Crazy Carrie, who is just kind of the, like, the friend of Liz, who's Luke's sister, who is really into Luke and has always been into Luke kind of thing, um, and she's a teacher here. It was never actually said that she's a teacher because she later comes up to do help with the like volunteer for the kids production of Fiddler on the Roof. But I don't actually know if she is still a teacher at that point or if she was just a parent volunteer. But mm. she will come up in the series later, as well as one of the students that's doing the brush then pass <laughs> nail polish ends up being summer who tristan dates at chilton oh mm-hmm. interesting yep i mean yeah she, they get like five seconds of screen time yes. so it doesn't yeah yeah i mean the entire them. point of this scene is just to show that rory is an academic and cares about school and other people at this public school don't <laughs> the idea that anybody who lives in stars hollow would be like maybe she's writing a burn book yeah it's like what <laughs> You live in a town called Stars Hollow. There's like a thousand of you. Who are you going to burn? Exactly. So the next scene we get is Drella's playing the harp again. She's doing a great job because as she so astutely pointed out last time we saw her, she is a great harp player. She brings out a tip jar, which is hilarious. Um, But finally, we get Suki St. James being clumsy as hell. (laughs) I love Suki so much, but like she's a liability to this place. For sure. Like, they mentioned, she's like, oh, yeah, I'm bleeding. I was like, did you throw out the food you were do- doing things with? Right. No, you guys are just eating it right now. There's blood in there. <laughs> I've watched enough Food Network to know, like, it's all got to go. Right. The food costs at this place are exorbitant. Oh, for sure. I just love that, like, Suki's on the ground. She's got two injuries. And Lorelai's just like, you're bleeding. Why are you bleeding? She's like, oh, my stitches came out. Like, <laughs> just so passive and, like, laissez-faire about it. And... I cannot believe this show is the reason that Melissa McCarthy got discovered. And I'm so happy. I'm so mad that they didn't, like, exercise her full potential. I mean, it, like, to be fair, how could they have known necessarily? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, she was so wonderful. And, like, it would not have been believable in my mind for anybody else to just, like, try to stand and be like, ow, I stepped on my thumb. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> She's so good at the physical comedy, too, which is why I think it works that, like, she always gets injured. And, like, later on, we basically get, like, I don't even know how to describe it, but just this, like, almost dance. Of yeah, where it's like a ballet yeah. of everyone, like, in the perfect place at the perfect time to come behind her. Anticipate, and- like, the guy throws the rag and it lands on the handle so she doesn't burn her hand and, like closes the thing before she knocks her head into it and then he ends up getting hit with that frying pan (laughs) which again like it's funny it's all comedy i know but i was just like how yeah the independence would be sued by this man right or like these guys are not getting paid enough to literally like okay i'm gonna hire you as a chef but like you're not really a chef you're just gonna follow around the other chef and make sure that she doesn't die (laughs) 
this is your job now. Oh, man. But something else is set up in this first episode that just carries throughout. Lorelai says, you know, someday when we open our own end, da 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 and yeah, like they, like from day one, they talk about eventually opening their inn. And I'm just so happy that that like dream becomes reality. And I know mm-hmm. it takes four full seasons to get there, but it's just wonderful. And I love it. I think it's like, there's a lot of pilots that I feel like set stuff up in shows mm-hmm. and then those things just go away and never come back. Right. Especially because it's a pilot. Yeah. Yeah. Like you might completely change the show. Mm hmm. And then you've got stuff that's like Gilmore Girls, where they're setting stuff up that's like literally, this is the series arcing yes. story. 100%. They want to open up an inn. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. Rory has to get to Yale. She's got, you know, presumably two, three years of high school. I don't remember what grade she's supposed to be in. Sophomore year. Okay. Yeah, because season two is junior year, and then um, third season is senior year, because graduation okay. is the last, or... Yeah, last episode of third season. Okay. Yep. I was, yeah, I was going to guess sophomore year because mm-hmm. I feel like that's what a lot of shows did to mm-hmm. guarantee themselves three years. Yep, exactly. And then we get to go to Kim's Antiques. So, you know, you find out that Lane's mom owns an antique store in Stars Hollow. And I love that whole journey, like puzzle maze through the antique store. Um, and they're just like constantly yelling out, like, Mark, basically Marco Polo throughout the store. And... When Lane says that Rory's with her, and she's just like, oh. <laughs> Rory's like, all this time, like, we've been best friends. She doesn't say this, but, she, you know, they've been best friends basically since kindergarten, and her mom still doesn't like her. And Lane's just like, well, she doesn't like your mom. It's like, why? And she's like, she doesn't trust unmarried women. And Rory makes a good point. She's like, but you're an unmarried woman. <laughs> she's like, but I have potential. Yeah, true. Which backhandedly means Lorelai does not. No, absolutely not. No, Mrs. Kim is very intense. Mm-hmm. She is very traditional. She doesn't believe in eating sugar. Right. She's like gluten-free, dairy-free, sugar-free. Like, talks about how she made uh, muffins. Or, or Was it muffins? Yeah, it was muffins. And you had to dip them in water so you don't chip a tooth, basically. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, they're only good for today. There's no yeah. preservatives. Eat them right now. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. And, like, Rory makes a joke when they do finally see her, and she's just like, boys don't like funny girls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Mrs. Kim. Oh my! I mean, like, that is the one thing I noticed in this episode, is it feels like a lot of people are very cartoony, mm-hmm. but, like, it works. Oh, yeah. It's like a cast of cartoon characters, all with their own idiosyncrasies, and just fully formed personalities that then they just completely go all in on. You mm-hmm. know? It's like it's almost like in a D campaign or something when you've decided this is your character you just lean into it full full force because if you don't then you're like too flip-floppy or you're too like compliant or like whatever it is it's like you have to kind of like make this character and then stick to it yeah, you've got like your one stat yeah like i have charisma that's it <laughs> yeah that's all i am is <laughs> yeah the next thing we see is that like dance where mm-hmm. suki is just a complete cartoon character but then Lorelai comes in all excited because I guess she's opening Rory's mail and that's how she figured out she got into Chilton. I mean, they're BFFs. I'm sure that yeah. was like a fine thing to do and it's not like anybody got mad. Sure. Uh, I love that Rory gets in starting immediately. And <laughs> my first thought is like, why? Why is there a space open in the middle of the semester? Mm, good point. What happened? Yeah. Did somebody else 
did Paris make someone cry? Oh my god, probably. It was probably <laughs> like later on in the show when we see Brad who goes to step away for go on Broadway for a little while <laughs> and comes back and Paris just sings into the woods to him. Oh god. I wish Paris was in the pilot. <laughs> I know. It's like a cry. I feel like we should just talk about Paris. Oh god, that would be a 10-hour podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Lorelai makes this whole speech about not getting the education that Rory is going to get. Mm-hmm. And I do think that's interesting because, like, she could have had that. Yeah. She chose to walk away from it. Right. Uh, but it kind of sets that whole, like, it sets up the relationship that she has with her parents. That, like, she could have had these things and her parents would have given them to her, but at what cost? Exactly. And because she got pregnant and moved away, she essentially slammed that door shut of possibility for her but because of that she just she wants that much more for Mm -hmm. Rory and like Mary said she'll do pretty much anything to get it I mean she even makes a joke here that she was gonna sleep with the (laughs) admissions office person I know Rory's immediately like you didn't sleep with the principal she's like no honey that was a joke (laughs) (laughs) but Rory is so excited about getting a good education Mm -hmm. it is the cutest thing in the world it really is and there's so many it's probably compounded by the fact that she didn't ever think she actually would because as we've like set up in this pilot like Rory is no dummy like she is intelligent so she probably understands and, and realizes that they don't have a lot of money they don't have access to a lot of things they don't go see their grandparents or her grandparents outside of holidays so yeah like the chances for her actually going to a school that would then get her into Harvard which is what she wants is pretty slim mm-hmm so the fact, yeah, that she got in and gets to go is a huge deal. I know, because, like, yeah, there's not even a question mm-hmm. that she can't afford to go. It is that she got in and she is going. Exactly. Exactly. And we get this brief moment between, like, yeah, she got in and the reality of actually making sure she can go, mm-hmm. where the phone is ringing and Michelle is like, no, people are dumb today and I can't deal with that, so I'm not answering the phone. It's <laughs> like. Michelle, I love you. It's perfect because, like, he hates people, but yet he's a concierge. <laughs> like, he's supposed to like people, and he hates them all. <laughs> no, it feels so real to me. I was like, I picked my job specifically so I wouldn't have to talk to people, and it turns out that just, I have customers. They're just mm-hmm. all internal, so I work with them, and they have to know me, and I'm just like, damn it, I have to talk to people. <laughs> but then they ask us stupid questions, like, how do I use my cor- corporate card for my Uber? It's like... You just do? You just do. Same as your personal card? That, that, that sounds a like a good question, question for Uber. <laughs> yeah. Not me. Exactly. That's a, that's a real question someone has asked, by the way. Oh, Lord. I'm not making that up. I'm sorry. We're completely booked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, how do I turn on like an auto reply in Slack to be like, is this actually a question for right. me? Think one more time before you hit that send button. That's like when you get a not so subtle email from, I don't know, like leadership that says like, before you send an email with the red exclamation point marking urgent, ask yourself, is this really urgent? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, in that scene, Lorelai is opening mail, and presumably what she's opening is a bill. And she's been trying to talk to the admissions office all this time because apparently that bill had a five and a lot of zeros behind it. Yes. Which, you know, then made me ask the question, like, that's 50000 right? I would think so. I mean, considering it's a New England uh, private school Mm -hmm. where schools in general are more expensive in New England, 
I would think it's 50 grand. The only reason I would say it's not is because it's for the semester. So I thought that too, which sent me on a nice little rabbit hole of looking up every private school that I could remember the name of in Atlanta and seeing what their tuition costs. So I found out that all the Catholic schools in Metro Atlanta give you a discount if you're Catholic. They charge you more if you're not, and they will make you prove it. How would you prove it? Your priest has to write a letter and say you are actively Catholic, which like when I read that, I was like, did my parents get a letter? (laughs) Like, I don't know where they would have gotten one. Oh, my God. Did they forge? (laughs) Or did you just not get the discount? It's like a $2,000 a year discount. That's significant. Right? Because our school is actually, like, one of the cheaper ones. Oh, boy. Because, so I looked up, I looked at BT, Wesleyan, Pace Academy, and Westminster. Okay. BT for Catholics is $15,000 a year. Whoa. Do you want to guess what the others are? So, Westminster, Pace, and Wesleyan. And are any of those, like, religious? I think at least one of them is Christian but not Catholic. Okay. Oh, I should have looked up. There's another Christian school. I won't look it up. Okay. Um, but I think the other two might just be, like, strictly private. I don't okay. know. So, I know Pace is non-religious affiliated. So, I'm going to guess that one is 25. 34. Oh, good Lord. (laughs) That was like, that's less that. Yeah. That is less than my entire four years at UGA. Right. And that's for one year. That's for one year. Holy moly. Westminster's 35. Wesleyan's 28. Well, let me go to the podunk Wesleyan then. (laughs) Like, I was like, like, damn, I guess I went to BT for a reason. Yeah. For your Catholicism that you're so devout in. <laughs> I know. No, I was telling Mary yesterday when I found this out, I was like, they should like give you a discount if you're not Catholic. Exactly. Because you have to go to Catholic classes every right. year. You have to go to at least one every single semester. So like between that and having to go to mass every month, week, I don't remember. But like they should be like, you get a rebate if we convert you. Uh, that's the thing. <laughs> this is like an evangelical opportunity here. They're missing. They're like this is like new business opportunities, right? <laughs> Alternatively, you have to pay the extra two thousand a year because they have to teach you everything about being Catholic mm. for everything you missed up until this point. That's that, a good point. That would be fair. They were like, you didn't go to catechism for your first thirteen years of life, so yeah. like we got to catch you up. You weren't confirmed or whatever it is. I don't know what age you do that, but yeah, fifteen. 14 something yeah Yeah. it was in high school for sure Mm -hmm. okay okay because my friend liz was my person for that Mm. i have a feeling there's probably like on the application like what sacraments you've had so far (laughs) (laughs) please fill in the blanks of how catholic you are right it's like one of those quizzes where you just like start checking the boxes and it's like if you checked over 25 you're very catholic yeah (laughs) (laughs) but yeah looking all of those up in atlanta and seeing that they're like $35,000 a year, mm-hmm. it was like, Chilton's 50 grand a semester. Yeah. There's no way it's not. That's crazy, though. Holy moly, that's a lot of money. Right. And that's literally, I just looked up like a couple of schools in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't even look up the one that was literally right across the street from BT that I'm sure was more expensive than BT. Well, and that's what's so interesting about like private school educations versus public school educations, because I'm sure there's some you know, cost analysis like done to determine, well, is this education that much better, mm-hmm. right? Then like, you know, presumably 
there are cases where you're in a school district that you, the school there is just not good. So mm-hmm. do you want to send your kid there to get a free education, essentially, um, or send them to any private school that they want to go to because you don't have to be in district for that to get that much better of an education? I think that's, you know, that the cost, it's just having children is expensive. Then mm-hmm. having to send them to school, like, wow. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you know, Lorelai has this whole conversation where she can't, you know, get a payment plan going or like anything. They're like, no, because she needs to get in on Monday. You have Mm -hmm. to pay right now. Exactly. And she starts freaking out about it. And Suki offers to sell her car so that Rory can go to school. (laughs) I know. I love, love, love that immediately they set up that Suki and Lorelai are best friends. Mm -hmm. Like they don't, I mean, this might even be the closest that they are throughout the series. Like, cause we've seen Suki, you know, so much more than we end up seeing other characters, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's other characters that come in like Taylor and Patty and Babette and all them. But Suki, it's, it's Suki and Lorelai. It's Lane and Rory, mm-hmm. right? They've got your girl best friend and that's all you need. Um, and even Suki is the one to suggest without being able to say the full sentence to talk to her parents, to talk to Emily and Richard. Yeah, and I don't remember exactly what she says, but Lorelai is basically just like, I will nope. chew my own arm off before yeah. I do that. Yeah, exactly. Oh, but then Rory comes out in her little skirt. Well, her giant skirt. Her giant skirt. <laughs> you look like you're drowned in a kilt. <laughs> and she's just so ex- Like, how... This is the thing with having kids. Yeah. You look at this kid and you look at how excited they are about an education. Yeah. This isn't like going to a concert. This right. is their... Ed- she's so excited to get to learn mm-hmm. that... Lorelai is so willing to swallow her pride and just make this happen for her. I know. I will say it was a little wild to me that Lorelai had no plans on how to pay for tuition on the off chance that Rory got in. Yeah, I mean, I guess on the one hand, she probably was like banking on the fact, no pun intended, that she would get a payment plan or some mm-hmm. sort of financial aid or something. Um paying installments like mm-hmm. I, I don't know but yeah the, maybe she didn't even realize like exactly how much it was going to cost I don't know it's not like they were really using the internet that wildly back then in 2000 you know so it may not have been public record because it's a private school how much it cost yeah I was out that was what I was thinking when I was on the websites it's like very easy to find mm. tuition now but mm-hmm. it's you know 2022 right I was like yeah, I wonder if, like, she got a pamphlet and they were like, you can call us and we can talk about tuition. Yeah, it's like a restaurant, a fancy restaurant. They don't show their prices on the menu until you're actually <laughs> at the restaurant. <laughs> God, that is just such a perfect analogy. <laughs> I also think it's interesting because we, this is the Gilmore house. And at first I was like, are we in the Gilmore house? Or is this, like, the, um, one of the side rooms in the Independence Inn mm-hmm. when she's talking to the financial aid office or, or admissions office, wherever. Because this house is so different mm-hmm. than what we end up knowing the Gilmore house to be. Um, and I know they filmed the exterior of Stars Hollow in Ontario in Canada. But I also know they eventually also had like on the WB lot, mm. they had several sets created, right? So um, yeah, I wonder if this was an actual house. And then when they eventually moved filming down to the WB lot, once the show got picked up, I bet they made the house a set. That would or make something. Sense. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that would make a lot more sense, especially because, like, Rory's room off the kitchen is not a big room. No, like, and you end up seeing two doors off the kitchen. And I'm like, no, no, there's only one. Yeah. There's only one. <laughs> but the next day, Lorelai goes to the other Gilmore house. Mm. 
And it's a little wild to me that she just like surprises her mother in the middle of September to ask for 50 grand. Yes. I, I mean, mean, it's not something you can really call ahead for. Right. Because, like, no matter the situation, it's going to be awkward, right? Like, either you do it over the phone and say, hey, mom, can I come see you? And then she's skeptical and she probably ends up having to reveal why she's calling. Mm -hmm. Or you just show up unannounced and do it there. So I don't know what I would have done. Yeah, I mean, surprising her is probably her best option. But then, Mm -hmm. like, Emily is so weird and, like, sassy about it. And I was like, I mean, yeah, you're pretty estranged daughter who shows up twice a year on Christmas and Easter. Yep. Just showed up in September. You're like, mm, Rosh Hashanah? Yeah. <laughs> Why are you here? I also think it's so interesting the Emily Gilmore of the pilot because yes. she looks so much older here than she does the entire series. Well, and again, like it's been a while since I've watched the whole series, but like her attitude and Richard's in this first episode, like it's that same cartoon thing where they're just like way over the top, mm-hmm. like mean mm-hmm. to Lorelai. Like, you're just, I wouldn't want to hang out with you. Yeah, 100%. And it's clear the hostility there, right? Because like you said, if she's if she and Rory have only become, been coming twice a year for the last 16 years, mm-hmm. um, if that, I mean, we don't even yeah. know if it's been consistently 16 years, but you know there's so much baggage here and so much like unsaid and this is definitely the generation to not talk about feelings just be really passive aggressive about it so yeah yeah but they are like really over the top but I will say whenever they do get in the little sitting room and um she says that they got into Chilton or that they (laughs) that Rory got into Chilton the look of pride on their face that is emily and richard that's the emily and richard you see here in the pilot at the end of season three when she graduates when she tells richard and emily that she's going to yale when she graduates like it's just that is they perfected that look of pride um but immediately richard's like you need money because he knows yeah there's no reason lorelei would come to see them unannounced without needing something i mean literally when she gets to the door emily's like it's not easter and then when they're in the sitting room and richard comes in he's like we got like three months till christmas what are you doing here yeah exactly and you know as soon as laura like like gets her little speech out because she feels like she has to justify why she's asking for the money it's Mm -hmm. not that she just needs it it's that this is for rory and this is going to be really good for her Mm -hmm. you know richard goes to get his checkbook and emily is like now hold on a minute let's let's talk this out and starts negotiating which you know, unfortunately, that's, like, fair. Yeah. She's like, if I'm going to be, you know, investing in Rory's life, then I want to be in Rory's life. Exactly. And I think you should give that to me. 100%. And and all she really asks for is the patented Friday night dinners starting at 7 o'clock on Fridays, um, as well as a call once a week to talk about, like, goings on, not just in Rory's education, but Lorelai's life, too. So I find it fascinating. Emily, to me, is such a complex character because, yes, she's manipulative. Yes, she is proud. Yes, she is stubborn. But she also actually genuinely cares. She just clearly does not know how to because Mm -hmm. she doesn't want to be burned. Like, I fully believe that the reason Emily is the way that she is is because she doesn't feel like she can get a genuine relationship with her daughter without being manipulative Mm -hmm. and without kind of like 
you know, sacrificing all of this, like, pride in, like, every wall that she's put up. She just, she can't get it. So she can't help herself but be manipulative. Which, you know, is probably really fair. I imagine that that's a life that she has led forever Mm -hmm. and, like, has been exposed to around her, like, not just in her family but in her friends. And, you know, yeah, it's a very old school traditional thing of, like, well, you just take care of your parents. That's just what you do. Right. It's a very, like, family close-knit thing family above everything Mm -hmm. but there's such a tug of war with it if your family doesn't want to be in the family (laughs) yeah no it's it's a really interesting dynamic that I appreciate that they set up just like so seamlessly like even when Lorelai shows up and she's like oh yeah I just got out of my business class so I thought I'd come by and they were like you take a business class and she's like yeah I told you and then Liz just like well if you told us then I suppose you're right like she's very like Okay. Yeah. All sure. Right. Mm. I definitely remember hearing about a business class. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, speaking of, like, these personality traits that Emily has, I feel like Lorelai has inherited them. Like, this whole Absolutely. show is about how Rory and Lorelai are the Gilmore girls, but, like, they're also kind of Emily, too, because yes. Lorelai is just like, I don't want Rory to know that you guys have to give me the money. Yep. She wants to hide it. Because she's probably a bit embarrassed, Mm -hmm. but she also wants Rory to think that she has access to anything she wants. She just has to dream it, right? Mm -hmm. She shouldn't sacrifice any of her hopes and dreams because Lorelai will do what it, will make it happen. She'll make it happen. Mm -hmm. So then elsewhere, we're back in Stars Hollow and Rory is also so excited to tell Lane about her private school situation. She's packing up her locker. She is just so excited, like beyond excited. And when she packs up her books and her trash and all that, which I'm like, you just have crumpled paper? Okay, that's fine. That's not you, but it's fine. Right? (laughs) So she drops her book and trash, and Dean is just standing there over her. (laughs) This whole time. So she, she makes a Stephen King reference, and then he's like, oh, yeah, Stephen King, Rosemary's Baby. And then she's like, You've read Stephen King? Yeah, she's One of the most popular best-selling authors of all time. Like, (laughs) it makes me laugh so many times when shows make a Stephen King reference. I'm like, you would never know. And then they're like, oh, Carrie, the book that just came out? Right, The Mist? Like, obviously. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's like this cute little exchange again about... um, How Dean, like we talked about earlier, Dean's so confident, Rory's so shy, and I personally think she's the cutest little thing. Mm-hmm. Um, also, fun fact about Rory, or Alexis Bledel, rather, is that this was her first acting job ever. Um, she was previously, she did a little bit of modeling, because um, okay. she just has that, like, cute little, like, perfectly oh, her, pale like, face. Bright blue eyes. Yes. Um, and she was 19 here. And so she looks that young at 19. Um, but Dean introduces himself, and Rory just goes, oh, Rory, me. Like, she's so shy. She plays shy so, so well. And then she starts rambling on about Chicago. And she's like, I never talk this much. <laughs> it's like, yes, you do. You talk this much a lot. <laughs> just yeah. not to boys. You just talk this much with people you're comfortable with. And, mm-hmm. like, now you're, like, it's word salad. Yes. But, yeah, she he says he has to, <laughs> I love that he's like, I have to go look for a job. And she goes, good. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> you should. <laughs> But, you know, she tells him to, like, go talk to Miss Patty. She knows everyone. And 
he invites her to walk with him Mm -hmm. and then carries her box for her, which is adorable. Mm -hmm. And I know that this next moment is supposed to be really cute when he's like, I've never seen anyone read so intensely. And Mm. I was like, I just have to meet that girl. And instead, I'm sitting here being like, she's in danger. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we're conditioned to think that way. I mean, he literally even says, like, I've been watching you. Not, no, I've been watching you stalk her away. But we're like, no, you are. You're you're creepy. Don't. Don't do that. <laughs> Never just watch somebody. Right. And I also, like, I can't get over the idea that, like, we're in Stars Hollow. Like, Miss Patty would have seen him and been like, why are you watching her? Exactly. What you doing? Or, like, what if told Lorelai, like, hey, this boy is watching your daughter. Like, you might want to go check him out or something. Yeah, but, like, he asks her, you know, what she thinks of Moby Dick, and she's talking, and she's like, wait, how did you know I'm reading Moby Dick? Like, that's creepy. Mm-hmm. And I know it's supposed to be cute, but I was like, he got so close that he was watching her and could see the titles of her books. Right. Multiple books. Right. Yeah, because last week it was... Uh, Madame Bovary? Yeah, Madame Bovary. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I know it's supposed to be cute. I was just like, girl... <laughs> You're in danger. Well, and what we know about Dean, like, I mean, he's he's fine. Dean is fine. He's jealous and he's controlling, but he's fine. I mean, yeah, he's a pillow. Yeah. Like, he's not going to do anything. <laughs> no. It still cracks me up every time that his name in this show is Dean and then he's also in Supernatural and his brother is Dean. Yeah, he's <laughs> Sam and has to then call somebody else Dean. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, John's been watching a lot more Supernatural lately, and every time they say Dean, like, still, years later, I'm just like, I can't get used to it. Yeah, it's like you forget which one's Sam and which one's Dean. Constantly. (laughs) Yeah, the other day, he's in, like, season seven or something, I don't know, and he's slowing down with it, and I was like, well, which one of them died most recently? And Mm -hmm. he's like, I don't know. They both die. (laughs) How Sarah Lance of them. Every single season, one of them would die and then immediately come back. Or, like, there's one episode that's, like, they get stuck in a time loop and Dean dies, like, 45 times or something. Oh, my God. And, yeah, uh, John is about where I dropped off the show because, like, I'm just tired of them dying and then just coming back. Yeah. Like, plot armor is fun sometimes. But, like, this is too much plot armor. Right. (laughs) But, you know, Rory has this, like, romantic moment with this boy and Lorelai is now in a mood because she has to see her parents for dinner once a week. Mm-hmm. And they're having dinner at Luke's diner that night. And just, like, both are not in a place. And they start with those tiny little salads. It's, like, five pieces of spinach. And I was like, who d- did Luke just put these in front of them? And I was like, please. Please eat a green. I literally think that's exactly what happened because I made a note. I was like, salad? That never happens. Like, they do not eat vegetables. And, like, at one point during the show some point um rory says we need to eat something healthy and she's like well we had lettuce on our burgers and rory goes you picked it off (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i'm guaranteeing you that luke was just like no you need something healthy i'm putting this in front of you eat it or don't but at least i'm trying (laughs) and then yeah they look they just pick at it yep and you know have a really like snappy little conversation Mm -hmm. between the two of them that, you know, basically culminates in Lorelai being like, oh, by the way, we're having dinner with your grandparents tomorrow. And Rory being like, we didn't ask me if I have any plans. Yeah. And, you know, like, Rory's whole thing is because now that she's met a boy, she doesn't want to leave school and leave him behind. Mm-hmm. And they just get in, like, enough of a fight 
because she says she doesn't want to go to Chilton, that Lorelai stands up, doesn't eat a burger, doesn't get it to go, throws money down that essentially, like, lands in Rory's lap. Like, it doesn't even hit the table. Yeah. And then they just, like, arms crossed, walking home in silence. Storm home. Until they pass Miss Patty. Yep. And even, like, right before that, we get to see the little hayride that Lane had to go on with the Korean doctor. <laughs> Just miserable, <laughs> not talking. Um, but, yeah, they go by Miss Patty's, and Patty mentions that Rory's man friend? What did she call him? Boy- it was something like that. Cause, yeah. Yeah, it was just like, that boy. Yeah, the boy you know, or something like that. Um, got a, or he, She's going to get him a job at Dosey's. Uh, well, she says Taylor Dosey's, but it's Dosey's Market. It's a grocery store. And immediately, Roy's like paling, and she's like, "Crap!" And Lorelai's like, mm, "I understand how this goes now." And Rory tries to storm off, and she's like, mm, "Nope, you can't. Nope, you're gonna have to be a lot faster than that." Yeah, I just truly imagine that Lorelai is just a couple paces behind her the entire walk home, and be like, "Boy, what boy? Yep. What about the boy? There is there a boy? Mm-hmm. Do you want to tell me about him? What's he like?" Because mm-hmm. then they get home. And she is still asking questions. She's like, does he have a motorcycle? Because if you're going to throw your life away, he better have a motorcycle. Yep. And Rory's like, I'm not going to talk to you about this. It's like a classic mother-daughter fight. But what's great is, and different, is that immediately there are repair signals. Mm -hmm. Like, immediately upon Rory going in her room and slamming the door, Lorelai comes right back in and is like, okay, look. I don't want to be mad. Let's just, like, tell me about him. Mm-hmm. And Rory is still stewing, still mad about it. Um, she's, you know, Lorelai is trying to encourage her to talk to her, but still explaining, like, okay, you're not going to talk. Here's the deal. Like, I understand. Like, I love boys. I think she's she says something like, I love boys. Big fan of boys. Guys. She calls them guys because boys would be weird. Yeah. Um, but you can't throw away everything she's been working toward especially what about Harvard and so finally like Rory's basically refusing all types of conversation whatsoever so she plays the mom card like this is kind of that like line between the friend and the mom and she's finally like you're going to Chilton Monday morning you will be there end of story and then leaves you know we jump ahead to the next day and Lorelai and Rory are still in this like terrible little feud they're not talking like Rory shows up at the inn to try and work for a few hours but since she's being you know a little bit of a brat Mm -hmm. Lorelai just sends her home and is like dinner's at seven I'll pick like we'll just go from there yeah and then we jump ahead to there where Lorelai with her cup of coffee is standing outside the door and just like cannot bring herself to go in yep which fair yeah it's and it's Rory clearly doesn't get to see this side of things. Like, mm-hmm. I think maybe she's now a little, like, old enough to start understanding what this really means for Lorelai. Um, but they're still fighting, so it's like she's got her walls put up a little bit. She's got yeah. blinders put on. Um, but they finally ring the doorbell. Um, and Emily is, like, all up on Rory, like, happy and all that stuff from the jump and immediately criticizes Lorelai. She's like, is that a... a what she call it, a collector's cup or a souvenir cup or something, or can you get rid of it? And she, Lorelai attempts to throw it away in the trash can by the door, but she's like, in the kitchen. And it's just like, man, Lorelai is immediately transported back to when she was 15 mm-hmm. and had, like, right before she leaves. Yeah. It's amazing. 
And yeah, I mean, they're just all about Rory in yep. this moment. I do love that they go into the sitting room and Richard's like, you're so tall. Mm-hmm. It's very, I'm surrounded by women and don't know what to do with myself. Yes, but also very much like, I need to know that you are somewhat like me, right? Like, I don't see you enough. I don't know what you're like. And I mean, they did cast two characters, Lorelai and Rory, who are tall, just mm-hmm. like Richard. Richard is massive. <laughs> He's so tall. When he first comes in and his head is like inches from mm-hmm. the top of the door frame, I'm just like, oh. I know. I loved Ed Herman. Oh, my God. He's such a good actor. So good. But, like, this pre-dinner sitting room Drinks. moment, mm-hmm. the most awkward thing in the world. So awkward. I do find it interesting that, and I wonder, like, because, you know, uh, Emily gets out the champagne for everybody, and I'm like, does, is it sparkling for Rory, or did they just give her actual champagne? Because even when she does turn 21 later on in the series, she doesn't really drink that often. She usually gets a club soda mm-hmm. when she's at Friday night dinners. So I just find it interesting that, like, she's able to drink champagne at 16, but usually doesn't choose alcohol. Yeah, it looked like it was, like, a slightly less filled glass yeah. than everybody else's. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking about that because I was, like, in the pilot, yeah, like, they're all just having drinks. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't feel like something Rory would do. 100%. And I think it's, it is interesting throughout the series. They really do actually pay, they don't try to make her drink underage mm-hmm. ever. Like, she does in college once on spring break with Madeline, Paris, and Louise. But then outside of that, she she, like, stays pretty strict and like her grandparents do too like they always ask her does she want a soda or does she want club soda or something like that so I yeah it was just kind of like huh I never noticed that before yeah not a big thing but well and in this episode it's champagne before dinner and then it's wine for dinner for everybody yes and I did appreciate when so they have their champagne they go to sit down and Emily is like everybody sit sit and Lorelai stays standing Mm -hmm. for an extra like a minute Mm -hmm. I was like of course she does and she Emily asks Rory how her lamb is, and she says it's great. And she's like, not too dry? And Rory's like, no, it's perfect. And then Lorelai just goes, potatoes could use some salt, though. I love <laughs> Emily being like, excuse me? Yeah, exactly. What did you say? <laughs> did I ask about the potatoes? Yep. And then Rory, like, astutely picks up on this, because she's starting to realize, oh, hmm, this is probably hard for my mom. And so she turns to Richard's like, so, Grandpa, how's the insurance biz? And he goes... Oh, people die, we pay. People crash cars, we pay. People lose a foot, we pay. And Lorelai's like, well, at least you have a slogan. <laughs> I just love, he makes, he sounds like he's bored by insurance. Yeah. And then, like, the next thing he says is that Christopher called. Oh, my God. And, Christopher. you know, that's a whole thing. But I think it's interesting that, like, you know, later, maybe like two minutes later, Emily is like, well, we could have just gotten Christopher into the insurance business. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, uh, he might have died. Like, yeah. he would literally have just, like, fallen over dying of boredom. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, <laughs> Richard brings up Christopher because apparently Christopher just calls Richard and Emily to talk to them. Yeah. Weird. See, and that's what's weird is, like, that sounds so not Christopher, mm-hmm. but it would be so Strobe and Francine, Christopher's parents, to call Richard and Emily. That's, like, it sounds like this is probably the change, that they changed yes. Christopher and then, like, made him more like Lorelai. Exactly. But they're talking about how he's doing so well in California and his startup is going to go public. And then Richard very clearly says, like, you take after him and not your mother. Mm. And not to mention calls the inn a motel. Like, 
how? How can you treat your daughter like this and think that she would ever want to be around? Exactly. It's like they can't help themselves. It's just this, like, it, it just happens. Mm-hmm. And so perfect in Lorelai, like, fashion, she can't be here for this. Mm-hmm. She does tend to run whenever there's conflict. So she gets up, goes in the kitchen, starts, like, scrubbing dishes, and the maid walks in. She's like, oh, hey. <laughs> like, it's totally normal. Um, but Emily goes in there, and they start that back and forth once again it's like the classic emily and lorelei foundation of this relationship where they're both stubborn they're both proud they cannot let up on each other one bit but clearly they're the ones who actually i would argue have a relationship because lorelei even in the next couple of episodes always mentions how hard it has always been to communicate with richard so even if Maybe sometimes they agree. Maybe sometimes they do get along. It's really Emily and Lorelai's relationship that ends up suffering because they're the ones who can actually, albeit poorly, but still communicate with each other. Yeah. I mean, while his wife and his daughter are yelling at each other Mm -hmm. in the kitchen audibly, Rory can hear everything. Mm -hmm. Richard falls asleep at the table. (laughs) Doesn't even try and talk to Rory. He just goes to sleep. (laughs) I love it. But even during that fight, like... This is something that, again, has been pushed from the jump that when Lorelai got pregnant, Emily and Richard wanted her to marry Christopher. That was the thing. When you get pregnant, you get married. That is what Emily says. And Lorelai never wanted that. She wanted to, you know, she obviously did not intend to get pregnant. But when she did, she wanted to, like, run away from everything, raise Rory her own way, make a life for herself the way she wanted to and not be stuck in this bubble that Emily and Richard wanted her and Christopher to be in. Yeah. That's the thing that gets me is like Emily is so convinced that what she would have made them do would have been the right thing to do of, you know, getting Christopher a job in the insurance business. And then Lorelai would have been a housewife or something. Like she didn't even acknowledge that Lorelai would have done anything. Exactly. But instead, Christopher apparently has a successful internet startup in California, and Lorelai has done pretty well for herself, raising a brilliant daughter and becoming a manager at the inn that she works at, where she, you know, worked her way up from a maid to now the, you know, executive manager, and Mm -hmm. she's going to business classes, and she's doing all of this stuff. And, like, Mm -hmm. Emily just can't see it. She can't fathom that she's successful despite her. Yeah. And just... Along with that, like, I have a whole bunch of issues with Christopher. Obviously, Mm -hmm. Emily and Richard think that they should have gotten married. I don't. I think it's... No. I I do. But why isn't Christopher around? Like, that is Christopher's choice. That was never Lorelai's choice. Like, Lorelai just didn't want to get married. Christopher, we find out later, was okay with the idea of getting married, even though it probably would have ended badly. But Lorelai never said Christopher couldn't be in Rory's life. Like... Mm -hmm. He's always gone. He's he's the one that chooses to run away and chooses to go do what he wants to do, which is fine, but he doesn't pay child support. He doesn't we know he calls sometimes and rarely comes to visit, but still like what was stopping Christopher from moving or staying closer to just at least be around his daughter? Yeah, that's what really got me is that they're like talking up Christopher Mm -hmm. when he's on the other side of the country and very clearly not involved in this girl's life. Exactly. Like, like I would have think they would have been more mad at Christopher than Lorelai because at least Lorelai is not like at least Lorelai is bringing Rory to the grandparents 
a couple times a year, mm-hmm. Christopher's never there mm-hmm. at all. But they're just like, oh, yeah, Christopher's doing great. Okay, well, what about Christopher being a dad? Right. Like, Richard, would you abandon your daughter? Like, anyway, and, I have huge issues with Christopher. Uh, yeah, it's it's not a great start to that like the introduction Mm -hmm. of the character really sets the tone for it Mm -hmm. and you know they just keep yelling about everything like it starts with christopher which richard brought up and then Mm -hmm. oh my god emily being like well you took what your father said it wrong i was like don't gaslight her (laughs) in the kitchen yeah and she i mean she appropriately was like what did i take wrong like like tell me out of everything he said how should i have taken this and obviously Emily doesn't say anything because she can't. <laughs> yeah. She's just like siding with her father. Be like, you're being inappropriate yeah, right you're now. Yeah, you're being dra- dra- dramatic. Like, yeah. she always calls Lorelai dramatic. It's like, where do you think she learned it from, Emily? A fright. <laughs> and, you know, this all culminates to Emily just being like, well, you have your precious pride because mm-hmm. Rory doesn't know about the money we're actively yelling about on the other side of the door. Right. And I have my weekly dinners. Yep. We both win. I would have wanted to just, like, smash that cake in her face. Oh, same. Yeah. Like, we will find some other way. I will go into debt up to my eyeballs. Yeah. Before I will continue these dinners, if they're like this. I mean, if I had had those dinners, I would have just been, like, bringing McDonald's or something every time, just to mess with them. (laughs) All I'll say is the cakes are way more round in Stars Hollow. (laughs) (laughs) That they are. Rory knows. That's very true. But yeah, so they finally leave, and this is where now Rory sends out a repair signal, because we get a little, like, glimpse of her hearing that Lorelai asked them for money, mm-hmm. and so she's like, can I buy you a cup of coffee? Like, can we do this? And and I love the recurring theme that any time, almost any time that Lorelai goes to her parents, she feels small. Mm-hmm. That is always, like, she is a very exuberant character she has a bold personality she has so much confidence but yet every single time she comes back to basically hartford she feels small yeah literally figuratively all senses of the word and she even says like okay but you're gonna have to drive because i don't think i can reach the pedals and oh it's just this show's so smart i love it it's so smart (laughs) And I do love, you know, they gave us this, like, really dramatic moment at the Friday dinner, but then we end like we started, where we're back at Luke's diner, they're having a cup of coffee, and Rory orders a plate of chili fries (laughs) right after dinner, and that same look on Luke's face of just, like, please don't become your mother. Please don't do this. I already gave her seven cups of coffee today. You can't have more. (laughs) It's just, like, a look of pure horror. (laughs) I just, I love grumpy old Luke, Me and too. I love that he's like, I just have to try. Please don't become your mother. And yes. then they look at each other, and they're like, I think that's, or I think it already happened. Yeah, sorry. Too late. And they pan out with Luke at the counter, moving around, Lorelai and Rory at the table. It's just so sentimental. Like, I just love it, because, like, spoiler alert for all those who haven't seen the series finale, but that's exactly the way they end the show. And it just, it's like a deep breath. And uh, it's just, it's, there's a reason this is my favorite show of all time. I mean, it's, it's comfort watching. Yep. Right? Like, this is a show that I feel like you can go back to and there's going to be an episode for everything and oh, it's yeah. not going to have, like we talked about, like it's not drugs and sex mm-hmm. and like, you know, horrible things. It's just, it's human emotion. Yeah. And they act it so well. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they had to, like you said, those scripts were one and a half times the 
script of other shows. Mm-hmm. But, like, this is, like, Great British Baking Show <laughs> dramas. I mean, these are my friends. Like, if I want to spend some time with my friends, I just put on Gilmore Girls. Like... Because, yeah, there's there's my favorite episodes of all time. Those are my go-tos. Sometimes I'll rewatch from the beginning. Like, yeah, it's just it's just one of those shows. And like I said earlier, I really don't think there's ever going to be anything else like it. Yeah, I, I would be very interested if something else managed to come out yeah. that could compete with this. But the thing, like, you know, it's also got a couple of faults that, like, I do think, you Absolutely. know, modern TV has started to improve upon so i would be really excited to see them like come out with a new version of this me too i mean they kind of tried or there's been some shows that have been likened to gilmore girls like there's um jenny and georgia Mm -hmm. which is mother-daughter relationship um very similar in that georgia had jenny when she was very young things like that it's it's different because there's more i guess action involved Mm -hmm. um it's definitely not just a story about people living in a small town and, and these eccentric characters and all of that, but the relationship is there. Um, but yeah, I'd be really curious what they could do to update. Because yeah, there are some things in the show, absolutely, that don't age well. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that there's hardly any diverse characters whatsoever. That was definitely at the top of my list. Like, yeah. we have Michelle, but he's not allowed to just, like, be a gay man. Exactly. And we have Lane who and Mrs. Kim who are Asian, but that's kind of it. Yeah. <laughs> Mrs. Kim is just a cartoon character. Yes. Of a very strict mom. Yes. She's a trope. Yeah. That's all she is. And I'm trying to think if there's any gay characters whatsoever... I can't even think of one. I say the like five seconds of dead air tells me that yeah. we're not coming up with one because you know this show more than anybody else. Oh, I thought of one, but it's in one episode. It's that episode I mentioned earlier where they're doing the kids version of Fiddler on the Roof and there's a kid. So when Crazy Carrie, and I call her Crazy Carrie, not because I like using the word crazy, but she's literally called Crazy Carrie. So it's just a character, but she is asking all the kids like to go to the bathroom before they start rehearsal. And there's this one boy who's who has two moms, and he constantly says, "My mother's a lesbian." <laughs> and it's kind of adorable because then, like, I forget what one of the questions that Carrie asks him, but it's one of those where it's like, I don't even remember what it is, but she asks the questions and he's like, no, my mother's a lesbian. Like, so obviously like troped, stereotyped out to that. But that is the only thing I can think of. Yeah, it's, it'll be interesting if we cycle back to just like needing some comfort watching that's yeah. not actually quite literally the Great British Baking Show. Right. Like. Right. We need to go back to scripted comfort television, mm-hmm. not just, you know, watching people decorate a cake yeah although i do love watching cake decorating videos I mean, it is soothing it's so nice so the last little like fun fact i have is about the director the mm-hmm. director of this episode um, obviously the writer was amy sherman paladino she and dan her husband write most of the episodes but this director her name is leslie linka gladder and she has directed so much television she has directed well, first of all, with Gilmore Girls, she directed, let's see, 
about five episodes and most of them are early so we got the pilot we have rory's dance which is a great episode Mm -hmm. um star-crossed lovers and other strangers i'm trying to remember that off the top of my head and i can't um it should have been lorelei which is great because they introduce um uh the eldest lorelei which is richard's mother who's also named lorelei um and the unaired pilot so there was an unaired pilot Mm -hmm. of gilmore girls that did not test well. <laughs> they had a completely different character or actor playing Dean, and he was not great. So yeah, I looked up his IMDb, and he did not do anything else. Yeah, um, but yeah, she has directed several episodes of ER, One of Weeds, The Mentalist House, The Good Wife, Mad Men, uh, Pretty Little Liars, True Blood, Nashville, The Walking Dead, Justified, The Newsroom, Masters of Sex, The Leftovers, Ray Donovan, Law and Order, True Crime, Homeland. And the morning show. The morning so show. So this lady has been around the block, done everything. So I have a feeling she is pretty well respected in Hollywood um, and is still directing today. So she's been directing for at least 20 years. I love it. Put mm-hmm. more women behind the camera. That's right. Uh, and it's so meaningful that this show was written and directed by a woman. For Absolutely. Pilot. I mean, that just like <laughs> there are so many shows that are like, we're super diverse. All white men. Exactly. Front of the camera, beautiful. Behind the camera, terrible. Nothing. (laughs) Nothing. And there are quite a bit of um, female directors and female writers uh, alongside Amy Sherman Palladino in Gilmore Girls. And then, of course, once we move on and eventually see The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is also done by Amy and Dan, you get a lot of female directors, female writers in that, too. And that is also a show that is not quite diverse, as diverse as you'd want it to be, I think part of that is because it takes place in the 50s, but also they do introduce a lot of other characters like that they probably should have in Gilmore Girls, but due to the times, you know, it mm. probably just wasn't as much of a focus. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, like, there's still a lot of backlash right now. I mean, think of, like, the new doctor for Doctor Who is a mm. black man. Mm-hmm. Also, he was in sex education and he is going to do amazing. I'm actually <laughs> very excited about this. Yeah. And then um, I guess they're doing some like Percy Jackson show on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. And I've never read those books, but I guess somebody in those books who was described as like blonde haired, blue eyed white girl is cast as a black girl. Mm. And people are furious. Oh my lord. So like, yeah, thinking the idea that like we, di- we want this diversity mm-hmm. and that it wouldn't have blown up in somebody's face at some point. Right. Like, 20 years ago yeah yeah i mean and even think about james bond like they still have not decided who the new james bond will be after daniel craig but you know ideas have been floating around about idris elba and um uh bridgerton man um, uh rejean page yes yeah (laughs) please like he has been in talks he is in a car commercial and Uh, oh i want to buy that car yeah same i'm like can i sit in that car with you like (laughs) But yeah, so the, but also the fact that like that is getting so much backlash too. I'm just like, man, what, why? Like there's people, there's just people. There's no reason. And the fact that like, also like, I mean, I hate the CW these days, but the fact that like so many of the superhero shows had started to have a lot of diverse cast and even thinking about Disney movies like Encanto and stuff like that, it's like. To see the kids see themselves on screen. We've been seeing ourselves on screen since we've been alive. Mm-hmm. Like, we've never not mm-hmm. had shows to identify with. Just seeing ourselves. Like, everybody needs that. Yeah. Every single person on this planet needs that. 
So anyway, that's my anyway. rant. Do you have a quote of the week? Absolutely. <laughs> do I do not? You, do you have one have quote one. of the week? <laughs> <laughs> I have several. Uh, but I'll let you guys guess first. I mean, I would nominate every single thing that Michelle says. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I'd have to build a room for you myself, and I'm not a man that works with his hands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not answering the phone today. People are dumb. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry we're completely booked. <laughs> I have to go look for a job. Okay, good. <laughs> Uh, and then I'll last one for, does he have a motorcycle? Because if you're going to throw your life away, you better have a motorcycle. Yeah. Too many good ones. Okay. I have Rory saying, are you my new daddy? Yep. Love it. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, Rory asking Lorelai, you're happy. Did you do something slutty? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Michelle, people are particularly stupid today. I can't talk to any more of them. Mm -hmm. And no, I am sorry. We are completely booked. (laughs) No, I'm sorry. We're completely booked. (laughs) I just love how he says it. Just completely booked. (laughs) I know. First, Emily, and then Richard saying, is it Easter already? Is it Christmas already? Mm -hmm. Um, I wrote down so many, and there were, like, so many more, too. Oh, yeah. Um... So, do you like cake? (laughs) (laughs) And then Luke, red meat can kill you. Enjoy. Yes. (laughs) God, Luke Danes. I love Luke. Love him. Um, You know, those, there are so many included in my quotes of the week. So, I'll just name them all. We got uh, Angel. You've got wings, baby. I love that. Lorelai saying that to Luke. Uh, Rory saying, are you my new daddy? Is absolutely top tier. Um... We've got Mrs. Kim saying, boys don't like funny girls. <laughs> and Rory's just like, noted. <laughs> um, oh, we didn't even talk about this one, but it's just another Melissa McCarthy gem. When uh, Lorelai tells her that Rory got into Chilton, they hug, and Lorelai's like, is something burning? And Suki's just like, my bangs earlier. <laughs> I love it. Um when Rory opens the bag with her skirt in it for children, Lorelai's trying to get her to guess, and she's like, I'm going to be in a Britney Spears video. <laughs> I love it. Of course, Michelle, people are particularly stupid today. Um, I think I only have a couple more. Sorry. Um, does he have a motorcycle? Because if you're going to throw your life away, he had better have a motorcycle. Love it. Um, oh, we didn't even talk about it, but there's, like, a running joke about Rory always sitting in Michelle's chair at the end, and when he comes to let Lorelai know that she's there, he's like, your daughter is here, and she's sitting in my chair, and then she's being a brat when she is there, and she finally leaves, and Michelle just, like, comes into the scene, sits down, and goes, my chair. (laughs) And he is just such a mood, always. I love him so much. Um, the insurance, people die, we pay. People crash cars, we pay. People lose a foot, we pay. And I think that might be it. That's it. So a lot of, you got a lot of them right. Both of you did. I would have just loved if you were like, my actual quote of the week is, open on Stars Hollow and just <laughs> reading the entire script. Exterior, Stars Hollow. <laughs> oh my gosh. What about you, Mary? Okay, so I kind of have two moments of the week, and one of them is just 
first scene episode opens it's the laws singing there she goes yes. and it just my heart i know like it just takes you back to a time it really it does. does it's um, perfect and secondly it is um suki's mr magoo in the kitchen <laughs> sequence <laughs> just with the, her um sous chefs and mm-hmm. line cooks or whoever they're just following her around making her not die i love it so much it's so good like the blocking for that scene i'm sure they rehearsed so many times just to get the time because for me it was the timing Mm -hmm. it was perfect oh i Mm -hmm. love it and only for it to end with her hitting one of them in the face (laughs) with a pan (laughs) lawsuits just She's a lot. And we didn't even talk about when she blows up the oven. Oh my god, oh my yeah. God. Because there's a fire at the end, and I'm like, this show is littered with fires at the end. It doesn't matter if it's the Independence Inn or the Dragonfly Inn. There are fires at the, these inns. Suki is a hazard. She needs to be in a is. bubble. <laughs> I love her so much. God, she's I so love, relatable. She's so Suki. relatable. God, you guys should see... Well, you probably have. I don't... Mary, have you watched all of Gilmore Girls? Yes. Okay. So, I don't know if you guys remember, but when Suki gets the cat, like the stray cat, and names her Papaya, (laughs) and she's like at the... She's on the ground, and Papaya won't drink the milk, and so (laughs) Suki's like, oh, I have an idea, and she gets like two napkins, and she puts them, she's like, I've got ears, and she's like, Papaya, look at mommy, and she goes down (laughs) to the bowl of milk, and she goes, laugh. (laughs) <laughs> classic melissa mccarthy uh suki st james is the best she's so perfect <laughs> we did it we did it i can't wait to hear everybody's thoughts about this episode i mean this just like it's definitely it's because of the emotional reaction to it but like for this, sure this was like a nice little breath of fresh air amid yeah. kelly's coke bench yeah <laughs> i just gotta be honest no kidding <laughs> Oh, um, so yeah, I guess uh, next week we'll be back on our Beverly Hills. That's right. We'll be back on our Beverly Hills bullshit with season six, episode 23, Leap of Faith. Yeah. So until then, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at back to podcast. Also, make sure to send us an email, whatever you want, with your thoughts, questions, comments, or concerns at backtopodcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to go into your podcast app and rate, review, subscribe, share it with all your friends and family. All that stuff really helps us get seen and, you know, build our community and give you a better product. And if you leave us a review in Apple Podcasts, we'll give you a shout out on the show because we really appreciate you. So until next week, from all of us at Back to Podcast, I don't eat vegetables. I have a bunch of lip smackers, the Macy Gray CD, etc. in my giant purse. And I love being a private school girl. Bye. (laughs) Bye. See ya.